0: If somebody is an influencer and they don't have management, what are some things that they should pay attention to when reading their contracts? Where do influencers get burned?
1: So there's two big things that gets missed quite often. Exclusivity and paid ad usage. When an influencer gets hired by a brand to create content for them and post it to their channel, generally it includes organic social resharing where the brand can then take that content reshare it to their social channels with credit to the influencer. They cannot boost that content or put ad dollars behind it. So boost it, whitelist it, anything like that, because that would also incur a licensing fee. A lot of talent don't know that they should be charging extra for that.
0: When a brand has extra dollars to put behind your ad, that means they have extra dollars to pay you.
1: Exactly. And then the other thing would be exclusivity.
0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. It's me, your host, Coco Cornelius Lewinsky, and I'm in a great mood today. I hope you're in a great mood too. If you're not in a great mood, and if you feel like you need a little day for yourself and to just relax and do something that you truly love to do, order your favorite food or something, I absolutely support that, and you have my permission. <laughs> Not that you asked for one, but I got all cute today because I interviewed my manager, Brooke Donahue. I've been signed with Hermana Agency, I think about two years. It's so funny. We both can't really figure out how long I've been with the agency. I mean, we should probably look at our contract. My life absolutely changed for the better ever since I signed with them. And we talked about influencer marketing. I'm bringing you behind the scenes of what does it mean to be a part of a Bougie Best Friend Um backstage vibes i don't know before we get into the episode i'm gonna read a review this review comes from i think it's pronounced angelis angeles flores nine or americans would probably say angelus Flores nine title is one of my favorite podcasts oh i love how transparent is all the information and advice she gives she makes me see things in a different perspective and also believe that i can have everything i want in a relationship angie And yes, you can, Angie. I'm here to tell you that you can, 100%. Okay, I think that's enough for my intro. Before we get into the episode, please guys, just leave a five-star rating and review. It means so much, it helps the show grow. The bigger the show gets, the bigger the guests get, and we all can thrive, (laughs) I would say. Okay, I think that's enough for my intro. Now let's jump into the episode
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
0: Brooke, welcome to Bujabest from Podcasts.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Coco.
0: I am. I feel like I said this in the beginning of every episode, but I'm so excited to talk to you, but I'm like super (laughs) excited to talk to you because we've been planning this for, I feel like six months. (laughs)
1: Literally, I think since you launched your podcast.
0: (laughs) For sure. You and I have been working together how long? Was it been a year and a half?
1: I think a year and a half. Yeah. If not, maybe a bit longer.
0: Yeah. So we've been working together for a year and a half and- I know you really well, but at the same time, I feel like don't I don't know you that well outside of the work stuff and all of the other things that we talk about on a daily basis. So I'm going to start with you and your introduction. Tell me a little bit about your background. Where did you grow up? You know, the basics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so I am based in Regina, Saskatchewan, which is in Canada. And I was born here, raised here, and I'm still here. I've never lived outside of Regina, which is crazy. But we travel a lot, my husband and, and I. So that's been really great because living in Saskatchewan is relatively cheap, especially compared to you, Coco, living in Miami. I hear, like, what you pay for rent and food, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's insane. Where I live, it's like half that. Yeah, I live in Regina. It's great. All my family and friends are here. To dive into, like, a bit of career stuff, because, I mean, that's kind of the bread and butter of what takes up a lot of my time. I'm a talent manager at Hermana Agency, and I get to represent amazing talent like Coco herself. I started as a teacher. So I was a high school teacher at actually a private high school in Regina for five years. And I taught math, English, psychology, interior design, like such a wide range of subjects. I taught that for five years, but I knew all along that I didn't want to be a high school teacher. I knew that in University, But I stuck through it because my parents were like, but Brooke, like you get your summers off, you get two weeks at Christmas. Like there's so many perks to being a teacher. And I was I had no idea what I wanted to do when I finished uh, high school. I always joked that I wanted to be a real housewife of, like, (laughs) Beverly Hills. That was, like, the dream. (laughs) I'm obsessed with reality TV, pop culture, entertainment, that whole thing. But, like, being from the prairies in Canada, you don't get a lot of opportunities, especially like that. So I went into teaching, and then it was during COVID that it kind of allowed me time to figure out because I had the time to do it. I didn't have any kids at the time. Um, My husband has always loved his job. He's a software developer and I wanted to have a career that I was really passionate about like he was. So I didn't know what that looked like. I've always been really interested in social media, but I myself, I'm not a content creator. I like, I can't do what you do Coco. I can't put my (laughs) life out there for thousands of people to like comment and criticize and like of course there's so many perks to being an influencer do not get me wrong but I just don't have it in me I'm not that creative person um but I'm very outgoing
0: and you're very organized I was about to say as you were were saying I couldn't do what you do I'm like I I I I thank you every single time when you (laughs) give me a to-do list and when you give me a task and like this is by this time you need to finish this and that because um, I'm not that organized.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So honestly, a lot of my teaching like skills of like getting students to hand things in and hounding them to like, yeah, get things in, do these edits, whatever. It actually has transitioned really well into this talent manager role because I am highly organized and that's like a big asset of, or what we look for when hiring a talent manager. So It was during COVID that I had time to finally reflect on what it was that I wanted to do. And I went to a conference in Toronto called Collision Tech Conference with my husband. And there was tons of like really big speakers, celebrities, influencers, tech moguls, like everyone was there. It was huge, huge, huge. And it was there that I was like, hmm, influencer marketing is getting really big. This would have been like 2019, 2020. And Saskatchewan is not utilizing this at all. And if they were, it was only in like a brand ambassador way where like, you got free stuff, free services, free gifting, but nothing that was like paid and really like organized and selling the products and services. So I started doing that freelance. I did it for a few local companies, expanded a bit to across Canada. That's when I met Kaylee. So Kaylee is the CEO and founder of Hermana. I had hired her because she's an influencer herself as well. So I had hired her for a campaign that I was running where she's from in Calgary and we connected. And long story short, I really did not like working for myself. I'm a team player. I like having people to bounce ideas off of and I was looking for a team and I wasn't in a place that I could hire people. I was doing fine on my own, but I wasn't in a place where I could bring on a team under myself. So I wanted to join a team that was doing what I was doing, but better. And she was with Hermana agency. So that's when I approached her and was like, hey, if I come onto Hermana, she wasn't hiring at the time. It was only her being full time. And, and when she, was that?
0: How many years ago?
1: This would have been three years ago now. Mm-hmm. And so she wasn't hiring. It was just herself full time. Then she had two part time employees. And I was like, if I bring my clients over to you now, I didn't have a ton of clients at the time, but I was like, I'll bring my clients over to you. Can you hire me? And I just want to work with the team. I love what you're doing. And she was like, yes, if you're going to bring your clients to me and you want to like, yes, of course.
0: Bring me the money.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And Kaylee's an amazing boss and we've built something really great and I worked for her doing brand campaigns, so I didn't manage any talent when I first came on. I was strictly running brand campaigns. So she would give me a brand, I would scout influencers, manage that campaign for her. McCall, another talent manager that works at Hermana, she was managing talent and I saw what she was doing and I wanted to do that. I didn't love working on the brand side, I saw what she was doing, working with the talent and advocating for them. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So I was like, okay, well, in order to do that, I need to scout my own talent. I have like very much like the mindset of like, things aren't going to come to you. You need to work hard and get them for yourself. So I knew, so I approached Kaylee and I was like, I want to do what McCall's doing. She was like, great, find some talent to bring on. So I did that. And when I did that, I basically just scrolled through TikTok and Instagram, mostly TikTok, because at that time, TikTok was still like fairly new. And a lot of the big TikTokers didn't have representation because they had smaller followings on Instagram. And that was typically where these larger agencies were scouting from. So it was then on TikTok that I scouted my first influencer, literally DM'd her and was like, hey, I love your content. Do you have a manager? I would love to chat. And we chatted. It was a great fit. And she still signed with her Hermana to this day. Um, And then I just kept doing that and building my own roster. And that's kind of where things are at today now.
0: Okay, let's start with when you were Mm -hmm. scouting through Instagram and TikTok. What were you looking for in a talent?
1: Okay, so this is one thing that I stay really true to is that I will only scout and bring on to my roster talent that I am interested in. And that can range. So like, yes, I'm usually only interested. Like my page, my for you page is generally entertainment, pop culture, fashion, that sort of thing. But I also can really appreciate people in other niches like gaming, technology, entrepreneurship, that maybe I wouldn't, necessarily follow or come up on my for you page based on my likes, but they have really great content. They're giving really great insight and I'm interested. They have me hooked. So as long as I am interested in what they are posting, that's like the first thing. So when I'm scouting, I have to be interested in their content. Number two, they have to be providing some sort of value. So they're not just, I mean, there's a whole niche of itself of like doing like the TikTok viral dance and that sort of thing. But that's not really what I'm looking for, like the trendy viral content. I want to see that they're making their own content and they're making it personal to themselves. So for example, Coco, when I saw you, um, I don't even remember how our relationship or like how I got placed to you initially, but
0: I this do, is what I do. I'll, I'll tell kay. you. I'll, I'll this let is you speak. what
1: <laughs> this is how I remember it. So it was in November. I don't remember what year this was. Yeah, going, it, was it was November. It was November. It was years ago. Yeah, it was in November, and I remember seeing your video of the lip filler. Do you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about on yeah. TikTok? Yeah. And I was obsessed with you because not a lot of people <laughs> talk about like filler, Botox, like the medical aesthetics. That they want everyone thinking that this is just oh not like yeah. oh natural, right? Like. And you were just so real about everything you were posting, but yet you're so beautiful, naturally beautiful, but you're just enhancing that beauty. Yes. And that's what I loved about you. So I had sent you that TikTok to our... T- so we have Slack. That's like what we use for our communications. And uh, I sent your profile or that TikTok to our channel. And I was like, I'm obsessed with her. Her content is so real, raw, and original. Like she's beautiful. She's unique. She has you never and not just to like pump your, but that's, that's the truth. <sighs> so I sent that. And then another talent manager at our agency was like, wait, I'm talking to her already about like potential management. And mm. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, let's see how this like works out. So anyways, a couple months goes by, we meet with you. And I believe it was end of January and there was two of us that were like, we both really like her who is a better fit for her her, because we always want to make sure we're placing talent with the best talent manager and like what our capacity is and things like that. And I got you at the end of the day and we've been working together for, I think it's two years now, Coco if I'm being honest. So I started working with Coco in February and that is how our relationship started. She launched her podcast in June and she has just been busy and thriving ever since. So yeah, yeah,
0: I love it, and the story is pretty similar. Yeah, I I was speaking to you. I mean, not the story. My version, tell me, of the way yeah, I, tell me yourself. the way I remember it. I was talking to Natalie because Natalie. we knew each other from um, Instagram and something, and okay. we were talking about management. And I was talking to a few agencies at the time, but I wasn't really clicking with anyone. And then I had a call with you guys. And it was a few calls. Actually, let me let me get more into detail with with this so people who are listening, so so the listeners yeah. can have like a little insight. As an influencer, you can definitely do everything on your own, mm-hmm. but it's difficult, obviously. It's difficult to negotiate for me personally. I'll say what is difficult for me. For me, it was difficult to constantly reach out to brands. You don't have all the contacts. And it was difficult for me to um do the back and forth, negotiations, contracts. And it was just a lot of admin work that I wasn't really good at. And you have to, that's why in the very beginning I said you're so organized. That's, you really, really have to be really on, on top of your game. Because of the exclusivity deals, because like there's so many things that you need to be on top on, especially when you're an influencer, you don't read your contracts. It's gonna happen to you that you sign a contract and your face is gonna be all over <laughs> everywhere forever, which literally happened to me in Croatia. Really? When I was doing it, a- yeah. I think I sent you that picture. I'm gonna send you. Like, I'm gonna send yeah. you the picture, but. I'm on every single coffee machine from this what? company. I think I did that campaign ten years ago. Ten years no ago? No way. Like, and I did you still have any another... idea when,
1: like, you signed it that it was going to be everywhere?
0: No, it was supposed to be only for Instagram. At that time, think about this: ten, even more, ten years ago, nobody really Instagram wasn't really a thing. Nobody was doing influencing. You obviously oh. had models, and I was hired as a model, but I didn't. Oh. I didn't know anything about contracts, so that is something that I... You really need to understand it and you need to put in the work to like go through all the also English is not my first language and I don't understand (laughs) half of these words. So it's (laughs) it's very difficult, but to be very transparent for our listeners, obviously an agency takes a percentage from whatever deal I have, whether I bring it on or you bring it, it doesn't matter. The agency takes a percentage. I would love to talk more about your day to day. How does your day look like? Like, how do you organize your days? Let's start Mm -hmm. with, can you just like walk me through a usual day?
1: Okay, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit more because I really liked what you were getting at as to like why people sign to an agency. I feel like everyone thinks they need a manager as soon as they gain a following, right? As soon as they hit that like 10, 20K on Instagram, that 100K on TikTok, they're like, I need to find an agent. And a lot of the times that's not the case. People truly don't need management until they're at a spot where they're like, okay, I am making a very sustainable income and I am getting so many brand deals or brand inquiries a month that I cannot manage this myself. And that's not the only time that people need an agent or manager. I mean, there's also times where creators just make really, really quality content And they're not getting exposed to these brands like they want to be. And they want to build those relationships. Agencies have generally really strong, positive relationships with brands. So a lot of times, talent want to be signed with agencies who align with their values so that they are exposed to those brands that they want to work with. So say, for example... Coco signs with us because she knows that we have a really strong relationship with Brand X, right? So then when she signs with us, I message Brand X and I'm like, hey, here is our new talent that we just brought on. Coco's based in Miami. She's a fashion dating lifestyle creator. Send some information about your stats and what you do and send some analytics. This is what kind of content that she could create for you would you be interested in partnering with her putting you in front of those brands that we already have a relationship with that is one of the number one reasons as to why talent want to sign with an agent it also gives you a sense of community so signing with an exclusive agency so Hermana only signs exclusive talent at the moment Um, there are agencies out there that will sign non-exclusive talent there's lots actually where you can be signed to multiple agencies or multiple agents. In
0: that case, how can that even work? Honestly, it's so confusing.
1: It's so confusing because you there's too many cooks in the kitchen a lot of the time, right? Because you don't really know who's handling what. The part that we really like with exclusive management is that you also get a sense of community. So mm-hmm. in Slack, there's also a channel where all of our influencers are there. We're able to put different brands and they're like, hey, so-and-so is casting for people with a dog who has a dog here, send me your like analyst or your uh, profile and I'll send it over to them. Even if I get a casting for talent that my talent don't meet, there's other talent managers on our roster that I can send that to as well. So it's just like a really strong sense of community. We went to New York Fashion Week last year as an agency and we all got to meet up, go for dinner, go to shows, that sort of thing. That was really fun. So there's lots of perks with signing with um, management but it's definitely not necessary to be a content creator lots of people do it on their own as long as you have that really strong business mindset a strong work ethic and really strong organization skills like you mentioned coco
0: i know for me it was very difficult to as i mentioned already stay organized but also when mm-hmm. you work on your own when i work for myself and i have you guys as a support system but before i had you i i you just get so overwhelmed. You get lost so easily. After that coffee walk, the video, everything just like blew up. And I realized that I need some assistance, but I was always hoping that I'm going to actually make a decent living off of Instagram. But I was like, yeah, it's been so long. (laughs) You know, when is this going to happen? And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, But you know, it started happening. Thank God.
1: How did you pick Hermana? I didn't know that you were like talking to other agencies and that's so smart because you always want to make a really educated decision before you sign with an agency. Um, how did you decide on Hermana? Like what was there? Was there like a value or something we offered that like stood out? How did you make that decision? Cause I know a lot of talent really struggle with picking the right agency. Mm-hmm.
0: So my boyfriend has a friend who is an, Agent or a manager or something for the NBA or whatever, some kind of sports. So she, he connected me, <laughs> some kind of sports. <laughs> so he connected me to some of his friends. And then we were talking, and I just never felt like for me working with somebody, I really need to have a vibe with you. And I'm so happy that you got selected f- for me as my manager because I feel like we just we communicate pretty well. Mm-hmm. And it was very important for me to have to just feel like I can talk to you. You know, it's, it's not that complicated for me because I knew the commissions. I knew that, like, I knew the technicalities. So at that yes. point for me, it was just like finding that person that I'm going to be working with directly. I want to ask you, how many people do you currently manage? I don't even know.
1: I currently manage five. So that's something that's like kind of interesting as well is that I thought that we were like very quote unquote normal like to rep like five to seven influencers and then I was in LA recently for a podcast launch like two months ago and I met a few other agents at this podcast launch party and we were chatting about work and whatever else and they were both saying that they managed between like 15 to 25 influencers each and I was like what? I was so taken back because I feel like I am really busy with five influencers. And I'm like, you have 15 to 25. And she said, yeah. And like, but it was normal. Did,
0: I don't even understand. Like, I feel like we talk all the time. How would yes. we don't talk about bullshit. We talk about actual work and yes. you know stuff that needs to get handled. Right. Do they have, how can they even do that?
1: Well, so I have a talent coordinator that's on our team, right? So it's not like it's just me for us. They also would have a talent coordinator or an assistant or something to help Mm -hmm. them. But even with that, I'm just like, obviously, like they're doing well, because like they're thriving, but... I think talent agencies just handle things differently, be more collaborative, more individual. But yeah, so I rep a roster of five influencers that are super busy. Um, I have someone who's like really luxe fashion. I have you that's like lifestyle, dating, wellness. That's kind of where I place you for niche. Um, dating for sure. You give the best <laughs> dating advice ever. What would Coco do is like everybody's highlight of the week. I have someone who is like really tech and gamey, and another creator who's like really wellness focused, self love, real and raw content. So mm-hmm. yeah, and then I also just brought on a mom influencer who I'm really excited Ooh. about because I'm a mom myself and. Mom influencers are definitely hard to come by because a lot of them don't want to do content creation full-time because they're a mom and they want to spend that time Mm -hmm. with their children and they'll take gifted partnerships because that's great and they don't have to pay for those extra things, but they don't want to make it into a career. And that's not to say that all of them don't, but it's hard to find ones that aren't already signed to an agency that do want to pursue that as a full-time career. So when I found The talent that i had brought on as a mom that was really exciting as well so yeah i have a roster of five currently
0: when i was when i even heard 20 or 25 how do you even send a text to 25 people every single day like do you not say good morning to your uh, talent or do you not i don't know i mean i have no idea if it works for them good for them but i am so actually that's also one of the reasons why i was so happy to be with you guys because i saw that it's more like a boutique agency versus like these also when i was in new york when i was working in beauty i had an agent so i was already kind of familiar with the whole world oh really and that's like a makeup
1: agent right
0: yeah and you see very quickly how it only matters the actual not only but the actual manager you work with like one you know it really matters for me as talent it's so weird for me to call myself talent it's (laughs) it's but you are oh thanks but It's like, if we don't mesh well, it would be very difficult to do anything. And I noticed when I was in New York, when I had my agent, that I was getting lost through the cracks because I, but at the same time, back when I was doing makeup, we were all doing the same thing. We were all doing makeup. So they had to choose which talent they're going to send to the photo shoot Mm -hmm. or whatever talent the artist whatever artist the client already knows or likes or something requested yeah so I really liked that I felt like you guys actually cared Mm -hmm. because if I'm giving a chunk of my money to someone I want to make sure that they're working for me and obviously when you are an influencer you're not gonna always have amazing months. One month, you're gonna make you know a shit ton of money. The other month, you're gonna make zero. And it's something I wanna emphasize here for everybody listening. It's like being an influencer is not just like super glamorous. Like people oh, think no. it's a lot of work and it's a lot of um, just a lot of back and forth and a lot of like, <laughs> I feel like people don't know that when you're posting a sponsored post, probably like 20 people went through that post and they're like, okay, this is okay, this is okay. Remove this sentence. Uh, cut this you know is it's a lot of back and forth
1: it can be really nitty-gritty like the edits the back and forth um what time content needs to be posted at there's so much that goes into these sponsored partnerships that people really have no idea and you're right there is like a lot of glitz and glam there's really amazing events you get really cool pr um and you get to create content as your full-time job and if that's what you love to do then i think that it's an amazing career but there is a lot of negatives that go along with it as well. Just like any job, but Coco, I've seen it with you. Like you'll hit parts where you're like, I am so burnt out. Like, I don't want to go to any events for three weeks. I need to recharge my social battery. It's draining because you go to these events. People want to talk to you, right? Like they've seen you on social media. They've seen your bubbly self and they expect that of you when you see them. So even if you're having a crappy day, You still have to be on, right? You still have to Mm -hmm. be that Coco that they see on Instagram and TikTok. And that can be really draining. And it sounds like, okay, like, poor you. You have to go to an event and get free drinks and free food and mingle with people. But it can be really draining, especially when that's what you're doing every single day. So.
0: And you know what else? I used to work in hospitality and in nightlife and stuff. So free drinks don't really impress me. Free food doesn't <laughs> impress me because no. I was getting free food and drinks ever since I was, I don't know, a kid working in a restaurant. So that's not enough. But as you said, like, yes, you always have to, you know, you need, for me, going to events is creating a new opportunity or creating something. I don't need, like, I'm 32 years old right now. I don't need to go out and, get drunk. You know, I can do that in my apartment. That's
1: actually, I don't even drink. (laughs) And you would probably prefer it too. (laughs) too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Definitely prefer it. Let's start with your typical day. That's, that's what I had written down before. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So here is a typical day. And I mean, if you were to ask another talent manager at Hermona, what their typical day would look like, it's probably somewhat similar, but really different as well. So here's my typical day. So I usually wake up at about eight, AM. That's when our nanny comes for the day to get our baby. And she usually wakes up at about 8.15. Then I come to work and I usually start with Slack. So Slack, like I had mentioned before, is where we use all of our daily communications. I send talent to dos. That's where talent typically submits content. I send edits, communications, everything is kind of in Slack. We try. We use that because it's better. Well, we think it's better than having to text everything or email everything back and forth. It's nice to have a separate outlet to talk about business. So I'll will catch up on Slack messages that I miss because when I do sign off work, I try not to open Slack after that. In this line of work. It's really difficult to have that work-life balance. I mean, I think I've done a pretty good job of it. And Hermana is really, really great at like setting boundaries and making sure that people have time for their mental health and everything else. That's really important. Um, but I try not to look at Slack. So that's why, um, after I sign off at 4 PM, my time, 4 30 PM, my time the next day, I'll catch up on, see what I mm-hmm. missed. Next thing is I'll send my talent daily to do. So I'm like looking at my to do list to see what I have next. <laughs> yeah. So I'll send my talent daily to do. So whether that's content. I love submit, them.
0: I love, right? I love your daily, daily to do. I love weekly to dos. So first you send a weekly to do. And even though I try to put everything in my calendar when I have deadlines and due dates, I love that you tell me like, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like I have everything written out right in front of me. Yes. So that's what I love. Yeah.
1: Yes. So I. So every Monday, so I did it already this morning, I'll send my talent daily to do's and then weekly to do. So what they have to do from that day until Sunday, just as a reminder, it's also in our internal software that we use as well, but it's nice to get that like reminder. Then I'll dive into my inbox. And my inbox on Mondays is always insane, just from brands emailing from Friday. So we also have flex Fridays at Hermona. So we don't have to work Fridays. We just work Monday to Thursday. Now, because I'm like, I don't know, I'm OCD and a bit of a try hard. I do work a couple hours on Fridays (laughs) just so that my Mondays aren't really overwhelming because if I didn't do some emails or some communications with my talent on Fridays, I feel like my Mondays would just be swamped. So yeah. I do like I'll come on Friday maybe like nine to eleven A. M. Just do some like basic, urgent to dos and then. What Monday, if okay, what if I have
0: a question? As of right now, I'd never like needed something and you were not replying or whatever mm-hmm. but what would you so let's say you have a flex friday and let's say yeah. that you go with your family to um well, whatever somewhere the whole yeah. afternoon and then a brand comes in and like something flying happens what would you do <laughs> Or like a talent has an emergency with a campaign that she needs to do that day? Like, what would you do? Coco,
1: this literally happens all the time. (laughs) This literally happens like in the evenings or yeah, on a flex Friday and you just like deal with it. So basically I'll see an email come in that's like really urgent. So what happened this last Friday, basically a brand came with an offer to a talent that was a really good deal. And I knew that she would want it. And it had to be posted by Monday. So that meant I had to review the contract, get her to sign it, get it back to the brand. She had to create a concept, get the concept approved, film the content, send the content, edit the content, get the content approved, get the caption approved. All in like over a time period where I'm technically off. So that was a lot, but it happens. And I mean, it doesn't happen something like that intense that often. But when it does, it's kind of just expected that like you do that, right? Like you have that quick deadline, you jump in, get that task done. And I do have a lot of time off. So I'm making it sound like I don't, but I do. Mm -hmm. But when things like that happen, you just have to prioritize it. Um, Luckily, Kaylee, who is the founder, she's also the head of talent. If I'm ever away or like, I'm at Disneyland with my daughter for the day, or I'm going to the cabin or whatever the case may be. She's amazing and she will step in and handle whatever needs to be handled. So for example, the contract that I received on Friday, it was like extremely wordy. Um, And typically if anything is a little bit, or if there's any contract that I just want a second set of eyes on, she's awesome. So she was able to, to do that for me on Saturday. So yeah, basically I prioritize it. Or I ask Kaylee if she can handle it.
0: So do and, you go, do you specifically go through all the contracts or you guys kind of, wow. I thought and that then we also have a legal team. Yeah, and that's what I so, thought. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So if it's like a basic general contract, we will review it ourselves. Um, but if it's something that's like a little more intense, longer, a big deal, we do have a legal team that will review it as well.
0: I want to point out a few things actually i want you to point out a few things if somebody is an influencer and they don't have management what are some things that they should pay attention to when reading their contracts Hmm.
1: okay so there's two big things that talent who haven't had management or maybe just don't know get that gets missed quite often so that would be where they get, where, do, where does
0: that where do, where do influencers get burned
1: <laughs> exclusivity and paid ad usage so Brands always try to include paid ad usage, any type of media usage with the content that the influencer is creating.
0: Can you just explain what is paid media usage mean?
1: Yeah, of course. So when an influencer gets hired by a brand to create content for them and post it to their channel, generally it includes organic social resharing where the brand can then take that content, reshare it to their social channels with credit to the influencer they cannot boost that content or put paid ad or like put ad dollars behind it. So boost it, white-list it, anything like that, because that would also incur a licensing fee. So influencers have like monthly, weekly, yearly licensing fees for brands to be able to use their content in billboards, in um, on their website, in email send outs, in Um, yeah, like a boost in capacity if you want to get that content, extra views. That all has a licensing charge. So a lot of talent don't know that they should be charging extra for that. Like a licensing charge, it's very standard, but a lot of times it gets missed. So I would say that. And then the other thing would be exclusivity. A lot of the times with exclusivity, they will say that you can't post for competitors of that same category for a number of days, weeks, months, you should be charging for however long that is so that you are not losing out on brand deals for that time. So, I would say that exclusivity and pay down usage are the things that are most overlooked. And brands always try and be like, well, we're going to boost your content. People are going to see it. You'll get and more Like followers. I don't need that. <laughs> and it's like, great. It's like, that's great. But then also, other brands that could be possible competitors wanting to work with you. So, say a dating app hires you, Coco, and because mm-hmm. you create awesome dating content. And they're saying, okay, you cannot post for our competitor dating apps for six months. Well, that's taking out a huge sum of your income, right? So you have to charge accordingly for that. Or if that dating app wants to boost your content, that's great as well. It's going to be seen by so many more people, but now other dating apps aren't going to want to hire you because they associate you now with that dating app because it's being shown to so many more people. So I mean, there's I two sides add, to let me just form, add of of here
0: course. when a brand has extra <laughs> dollars to put behind your ad, that means they have extra dollars to pay you. Exactly. And that's. Another thing why I'm so grateful for you guys because I obviously didn't know all of these things in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And when I was starting, I was just happy to sign whatever. Like I, <laughs> I was, I just wanted to, especially when a brand comes to me that I love. Yeah, I was like, wow. Let me just. I didn't even read. Let me product. just sign. Yeah, let me just sign. Let me just get the product. Let me just post. I want to give an example, and I want girls really to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a med spa, and they're inviting you to their med spa to touch up your lips. You know, get rid of your wrinkles a little bit. And you sign a contract and you don't read that contract. And in that contract, they're saying that they can use everything what you was just saying. Like they can put money towards it. Like they can just promote that content. And imagine you five years later, uh, I don't know, you're uh, working in politics now and you don't really (laughs) want people to, you know, you don't want people to see you getting your lips touched up. So that's why you need to read your contracts
1: yes or have a professional or someone in the industry review it quickly for you just so that you fully know what you are signing to because the brand is not going to outline it for you easily
0: okay let's let's play our let's do a little role play how does it work when we have a campaign
1: okay so typically when coco gets a brand campaign this is what it looks like so a brand will email Myself, because Coco has my email in her bios and they'll be like, Hey, we really want to work with Coco. What does this look like? Generally everyone wants to send gifted and then expect content in return. And I let them know that unfortunately we don't guarantee content for gifted campaigns. Would you like to hear her rates? We'll negotiate back and forth on rates come to a conclusion. I present that best and final offer over to Coco. She will decide if she wants to accept it or reject it. I then let that brand know. If we accept it, they'll send over the creative brief. I pass that along to Coco. We'll negotiate a timeline for deliverables, when content should be submitted, when content should be posted. Um, We usually follow up with analytics a week later. And that's how that usually starts. Coco and I have been also trying to meet with all the brands that we signed deals with prior to creating the content. It's always nice for the content creator to meet the person who is either negotiating on behalf of the brand or the person who is the brand. It's nice for the content creator to build that relationship so that hopefully it can be a long-term partnership or reoccurring partnership because when the creator is so removed... It's a little bit difficult to build that solid relationship. So we've been meeting with brands, which has been going really well, because then Coco can also run her content ideas by that brand, which eliminates like edits and Mm -hmm. more back and forth. So when they get to kind of talk via video call, explaining what her vision is, making sure it aligns with the brand's vision, it's just been working really well.
0: Yeah, you explained this really nicely. I will say it from my perspective. I get a message Mm -hmm. on Slack and you're like, hey, (laughs) this brand wants to work with you and this is how much they're offering. And I'm like, yo, can we get a little more money? (laughs) (laughs) Literally
1: 90% 90 of the time Coco's like, so you say best and final, but like, can we get a couple more grand (laughs) from that or... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that would be
0: lovely. Uh but no, I and then we agree and then usually the brands, let's say if it's let's say if it's a skincare product, a brand sends me the product and then mm-hmm. I get the product, I use it a little bit and then and usually obviously I usually really work with brands that I actually love because I'm yes. taking this as my career and as my name and as my, you know, I don't, I'm not going to work with a drugstore one day and then with a high-end luxury brand the other day. And then the third day I'm going to say, I don't use skincare. Like I, I'm (laughs) I'm really trying to be authentic with my content and partner up with brands. I actually truly love. So they send me the product because usually it's a new launch. They send me the product. I try out the product. I, as we said, we try to get on these calls so I can get to know the person behind the brand. Mm -hmm. And then I ask any questions, And then I create the video, I upload it onto Notion. We need to talk about Notion. So I upload my content onto Notion and then depends on the brand. But usually in the next few days, they come back with whatever edits or approval right away Mm -hmm. or... Yeah, that's pretty much it. And then we agree on the date where I'm going to be posting. And yeah, I think that's it. Is that how we do it? One thing I will
1: say about Coco is that she gets brand approval really quickly. There's some talent that we work with that, um, like, it's lots of edits. And that just might be the type of brands that they're working with or the niche that they're in that they are a little bit more nitpicky. But Coco has a really great... She has a really great way of hitting all the key points that are in the brief. And I know, Coco, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Like, what do you do when you get that brief? Like oh, yeah, you have that's, like a, a big, that's a good yeah. question.
0: Yeah. When I get, okay, so for somebody who doesn't know what a brief is, it's, you get a deck, you get a PowerPoint presentation, basically. And the brand is like, hey, we are this and this brand. So usually the first few slides, it's like their brand and who they are and all about the brand. Then it goes... Um, this is the product we want to highlight, and this is the key messaging that we want you to hit. Then I go to their Instagram or TikTok, depending on the platform, of depending on what we're doing a collab for. So let's say if I go to their Instagram and then I go through their feed and I already see what kind of content they post on their feed, which means I guess they like that kind of content. So if a brand is more like playful and it's more you know, like sassy. And I turn on my bitchy Cocoa attitude. Not bitchy, but like, you know, <laughs> sassy Cocoa vibes. Yeah. If like I'm if you word- go to Coco's
1: page, her Freck Beauty, the rich bitch, um, <laughs> was that a moisturizer?
0: It was a moisturizer and, and they have a rich bitch line. It's a whole the rich, rich bitch line. line.
1: Yes. Okay, so if you go to our Instagram and look at Coco's Rich Bitch line, she did an amazing IG reel about that. That was such a good fit for her content. Yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that, but yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I think
0: it was just a compliment.
1: <laughs> no, no, just I think it was just a compliment. It.
0: Yeah, because like let's let's say a rich bitch. I'm gonna create a different video for a campaign that's like rich bitch collection versus a campaign that is like luxury beauty, um, you know, immersed in your skincare. It's like every brand is different. So you need to like go to their page and try to become that brand. Like try to learn What kind of content they like what kind of colors they like what kind of editing they like you know some brands want just like something super aesthetic with a voiceover another brand wants me to basically be in my pajamas and just speak to the camera (laughs) it's very different so that is usually okay so that is my process so i go to also because you always have certain hashtags that you have to use in the campaign yes so i go to those hashtags and i see if there's if there are any other creators that already posted that campaign so I'm thinking, okay, if they already posted that campaign, they use the same hashtag, that means that the brand loved their video. So this video is already approved. So I guess if I do something similar to that video,
1: that might work. Coco, that's I'm, so smart. I didn't know that you looked it up by the hashtag, but that is so brilliant.
0: Oh, I do so much research, Brooke. <laughs>
1: yeah, that is so smart because you're right. If that content was approved to be posted, obviously it was approved, the brand loved it, and it's live. So you should be doing something... Not the same, but somewhat similar in terms of the idea.
0: Yes. So I really try. When in my very beginnings as an influencer, I didn't obviously do all of that. This came with a lot of trial and error and practice. And also, to be very honest, sometimes you have a brand who you send them your video and they're like, we don't like it. And you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, what did I do wrong? But then Mm -hmm. it's like, sometimes you just, sometimes the brand is just, you know, they're just going a little crazy, but sometimes you just didn't hit those points, which luckily didn't happen that much in my career, but it did happen. So you -hmm. need to do your research. I literally approach it as I'm studying a paper, as if I'm like about to write an essay about something. I do so much research because that's the easiest, that eliminates all the back and forth later on. I'm not going to have to do any edits with me, which is so exactly. funny. Some brands corrected my grammar in some videos. So now I'm like doing grammar checks. I'm like, come on, guys, it. you know who you are. You're, you're hiring a Croatian girl.
1: <laughs> but, hey, but I also uh, help with that too. I scream to an English yes, teachers. So I'm like, ah, I'll just go in there and tweak a couple <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Let's say that I tell you that I want to work with, cert- with a certain brand. What do you do?
1: Okay, so basically, this happens a lot. So we have an internal software called Notion that we use for submitting content um, as soon as a brand emails us, we put it in there so that the talent can see who we have in negotiations. It's a really seamless, transparent tool that works really well for us. Um we've been using it for about three years now, and yeah, it's really great, maybe two years, maybe that's a lot. Anyways, When a talent says a brand that they want to work with, they'll send it in text, Slack, wherever, or they can put it directly into their pitch wish list, which Mm -hmm. we have in Notion. So if Coco says she really wants to work with Dyson, she loves the Dyson Oh my God, I was just thinking about Dyson. What, sorry?
0: I I was just thinking about Dyson. Were you really? As you were saying, yes, as you were saying this, I was like, I wonder what brand she's going to say. I was like, Dyson.
1: Because oh we still gosh. haven't worked with
0: Dyson, so that's on no. our brand uh, wish list.
1: We are manifesting right now that Coco is going to work with Dyson. In Everybody 2023.
0: thinks I work with them because I post I them so much. <laughs> no,
1: it's totally organic, literally hundred percent organic. But we are going to work with Dyson. But yes, yeah, so basically, Coco will put Dyson in her pitch wish list. Then Kate, our talent coordinator, she'll go and find a contact. So whether we have one already internally or she'll do, she has a bunch of methods in finding the correct talent or sorry the correct email to pitch to. You, I'll create a pitch email for for Coco explaining who Coco is, why she wants to work with them, some examples of her content and ways that she can incorporate Dyson into her content seamlessly. Send that off to them and hope they reply. I will also follow up as well, like usually a week or two, see if there's still anything. Sometimes they just don't reply, right? They probably get, these brands get so many emails from talent Mm -hmm. wanting to work with them. But a lot of the times they will reply and say, oh my gosh, this is a perfect fit. Um, We would love to work with Coco. What are her rates? And go from there. So we do a ton of pitching. And that's something also that is a big perk for talent to sign with an agent because they don't have to do that pitching themselves. That takes up a ton of time crafting those emails, finding those contacts, building those relationships where we already have those relationships a lot of the time because those big brands that you want to work with, Best Buy, um, Dyson, they usually work with PR agencies which we have those contacts with so once we find out okay this PR agency reps this list of brands we can reach out to them present the talent to them and say they really want to work with this brand so that is a big thing that we also do is pitching another thing that we haven't really touched on as well is events and Mm -hmm. why why do influencers go to events I think that there's a lot of reasons as to what makes someone go to a certain event or if they go to all events or no events. Coco, do you want to talk a little bit about what you look for when attending an event and why you choose to go to some and maybe don't go to others?
0: Yes. As I mentioned, I've been in the hospitality nightlife event world since I was a teenager. So that is Mm -hmm. like kind of second nature for me. And I was always surrounded with people. I was always going to events. So at this point in my life, I only go to events that make sense for me professionally. So I'm not going to go to an event when I get a, when I get a flyer, an invite or something, or somebody invites me directly. And if I see, and I'm sorry for all the brands that I declined because of this, but if, when I see in the, you know, oh, bring as many friends as you want or like, let me know how many people you're bringing. I already know that this event is not going to, like I'm not going to be noticed by the brand representative or by the owner or something. So I go to events where I see, okay, it's a sit down dinner or it's an intimate event or it's a class or it's somewhere where it's not going to be so huge and so massive because as I said, you know, before, yes, before when I was in my early 20s, I was going to every single event, every, <laughs> every, 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 every single, single, I can't, I can't emphasize how many, like, and, and I you were in there. New York at that
1: time, right? So there's yes. probably things happening literally every day and every evening.
0: Yes. But because of that, that I went to all these events I learn how to obviously talk to people and I learn how to differentiate literally from the invite to see like what event makes sense for me, what event doesn't make sense for me. I would go if I need to take a pic, if I want to take a picture, because obviously a huge part of being an influencer, you just show up somewhere, take a picture and go home. Like I do this. And it's great PR,
1: right? It's great PR to get, to be seen at these events and meet the people that are really like in right now. but it's draining and it takes up a lot of your time and a lot of your mental space. So I think you're really good at choosing, okay, I'm going to go to this event because this brand really aligns with my personal brand. Maybe I'll be able to meet someone who works for this brand and see if we have an opportunity to work together in the future. I want to go to this event because I love it. It's big just them. a fun
0: brand. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. And maybe you have other creator friends that are going as well and you want an opportunity to go and like, hang out with them at like a really fun place where you can get some great content and shoot some content together because I think a lot of people don't realize that there is a big pressure on creators to be pumping out this organic content all the time. And it's like, when are you gonna shoot these? I mean, luckily, last year, you had a ton of travel. So you had a lot of opportunities to take really engaging content. But in times where like you're in Miami for an extended period of time, it's nice to go to these events to have a fresh scenery or get content with people that you haven't seen in a while or you're meeting for the first time. So there are perks to it, but I think you do a really good job of being selective.
0: I think it's because I've been in the event space and I've been going to so many events for so long and I'm like talking 10 plus years long. This is not like right. me all of a sudden being like, oh, let me be picky with my events. No, but in the very beginning, I was like, give me give me every invite. Like I want to yes. be everywhere. <laughs> but then, you know, you, you realize it doesn't really always make sense. Um, right. And I, I have the, two questions
1: for you, Coco. You had talked a bit about how you used to be signed to like a makeup agency. Do you still do professional makeup? Like if someone in the Miami area is looking to get their makeup done, is that still something you do? Or do you kind of not do that? anymore
0: i funny enough i still have my makeup kit sitting right do here you? in my closet yeah i can't i just can't get rid of it but uh, <laughs> i don't really do makeup actively no. if somebody i do makeup for my friends for their weddings and stuff like that if you know we we agree to that i think i did two or three of my friends last year for their wedding but i don't do it actively anymore no I just, no but i mean if somebody it, wants to hire me and pay me a shit ton of money i'll be there <laughs>
1: You guys, Coco does phenomenal makeup and I promise I'm not just trying to pump her tires because I'm on her (laughs) podcast right now, but like if you go to like OG Coco, like scroll back to like those OG reels, her makeup tutorials are chef's kiss. So, I mean, if you ever want to hire Coco, just shell out the money and then Coco will come do it. (laughs) I'll do it. (laughs) She'll do it. What was the
0: second question? You said you have two questions. If you could
1: live (laughs) anywhere in the world, where would it be and why?
0: I currently am super happy with Miami. I are you really? In Miami. I am so, so, so happy here. And my brother was just here last week and he's like, you have everything, everything. Like, you, mm-hmm. there's nothing you're obviously New York and LA are more um, business focused, I would say. Mm-hmm. But even with the remote business world, focused
1: within your industry.
0: Within, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to live in New York. I was there for seven and a half, eight years. And it was just getting too much. It was like a lot of, it was just a lot. And Miami is... I love Miami. I feel like I have everything in my, I have the weather, I have beautiful Mm -hmm. weather. I have the work ethic that I have back from New York. There's a lot of people from New York who moved here. So I have my little circle of, you know, New Yorkers because people usually think that Miami is a a party city, a vacation city, which is true if you Mm -hmm. make it like that. But if you make it into a more professional (laughs) environment, you can definitely thrive. I never really explored the, the idea of living in LA because I was there once a long, long time ago. I didn't, I just never like, I was like, okay, if if I get, it's so funny, actually, last night, Wes and I were talking about this. If he, for some reason, needs to move to LA for work, I was like, I would mm-hmm. go, I don't mm-hmm. care at this point. Like I would go anywhere that's going to improve either my career or, you know,
1: Right. Anything. You're open to it, but it just, yeah. the energy there, you align better with Miami energy.
0: As I said, I was in LA once, so I don't really, and I was very young, so I don't remember it that much.
1: Okay. Well, we need to go to LA. That's, we do. this is just a great opportunity. Um, and then one last thing I want to say is that I'm going on, well, I think I'm going as long as childcare aligns. I have a beautiful two-year-old daughter and it just kills me every time I leave her. These business trips I go on with talent are so much fun and they're so great for relationship building and it's so important. But Coco has a bougie bestie um, trip coming up with Trova trip. They're going to Mallorca and Ibiza. I think I'm saying both of those wrong. Did I say both those no, wrong? No, no.
0: You're saying it okay. You can say Mallorca and Ibiza, but you don't yeah, have to okay. Say
1: it like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's where they're going. I'm I think I'm like 90% sure that I'm going to go as well. If not, Kaylee will be going. Um, and if anybody has any questions, please just DM Coco. She has all the info about it. Um, or else you can DM me as well. But I mean, I'm not anything to follow. I just post about my two-year-old and Don't say about that. Don't reality say that. TV. I love, your, I love your
0: posts. I love your uh, close friends stories. What advice would you give to your younger self?
1: to not pigeonhole yourself based on the opportunities that are surrounding you at that moment. So being from a small city in the middle of Canada, I feel like a lot of people are working for the government, working for a Crown Corp, working in- As a
0: teacher. (laughs) As a teacher, right? Like that's what I was, right.
1: Like kind of like the normal quote unquote, like nine to five job. And that's what I thought that I was going to do because that's what everyone does around here, right? That's what my family does. That's what my friends do. That's not to say that that's what everyone does and that that's the only thing you can do. But I felt like I was, quote unquote, limited being based in Regina. I thought that I had to move to L.A. or New York or Vancouver or Toronto to be exposed to more opportunities to get to where I wanted to be. And like I'm 29 right now and I can honestly say that I do have my dream job and I work with the best people and I'm really, really grateful to be doing what I'm doing. And I never would have guessed that I would have this job when I was younger. So I think my advice to my younger self would be just to not give up on what you're passionate in, to not pigeonhole myself and think that I can't do exciting things that are exciting and a passion for me I've always been really into entertainment pop culture social media and there are opportunities out there no matter where you're from you just have to go for them yourself and if there's no if there's no open opportunities that you're finding you have to create those opportunities for yourself
0: I love that please share where can everybody find you the agency everything
1: Absolutely. So I work for Hermana Agency. That is where Coco is signed to. It is at hermana.agency on Instagram. Our website is currently under construction. And then my own personal Instagram, if you want to like see my daughter and my life in Canada is at Brooke Donahue, D-O-N-O-H-U-E underscore.
0: I love it. Well, thank you everybody for listening. And I think honestly, we can even do a part two because this was very fun.
1: It was really fun. And I feel like we can talk a lot more about like what goes on in the influencer industry and what people can expect if they're looking for that career.
0: Well, if they want to hear that episode, I guess they're going to have to leave a comment. (laughs)
1: Leave a comment or DM Coco.
0: Bye Brooke. It was so lovely chatting with you. Thank you, Coco.
1: (laughs)